0: You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listener, to episode 39 of the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. Before we dive right in, That was intentional. Let me remind you real quick that if you're not subscribed to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening, it means you're not going to be getting updates whenever we release a new episode every Tuesday morning. So if you're on iTunes, hit subscribe. If you're on Spotify, hit like, whatever that, that looks like. Leave us a review, maybe even a written review on iTunes. That way we can continue to produce the podcast and have it reach a huge audience as much as possible. And if you change your mind, you can always unsubscribe if you get tired of us. But if you just do that for us, we would be eternally grateful. Mm. Speaking of
1: gratitude, can I say something real quick?
0: Whoa. Matt stealing the
1: segues? No, 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 no. This is not a segue. This is just gratitude. Okay. So nothing to do with the episode. This is just me saying thank you, listener, from really all of us for helping this be as as successful as it's been so far. It blows my mind that we have over 2,000 subscribers to this podcast that I that blows my mind. And that's possible because of uh, the generosity you give us with your time when you hit subscribe and hit play. So thank you for me. And I know that's true of all of us.
0: Yes, for real. I, I, I'll be real, Matt, when you first brought up the this project, and it was in the conceptualization stage, I thought for sure this was going to be one of those things where like 10 people listen to it every week. It was mainly our parents. Absolutely. I, I,
2: I stand by my assessment. I thought it was going to be three of us Uh, (laughs) Just us listening to ourselves.
1: (laughs) But we do have those little moments that bring you into reality. I was at physical therapy the other day because I'm still working on that shoulder issue. And uh, something came up. Uh, One of the guys that works there goes to our church and he asked about the podcast. And another person there said, oh, you have a podcast? Or what podcast do you listen to? I said, oh, it's one that I do with uh, some friends of mine. One's a pastor and another one's a technology guy. And they go, oh, okay. And they d- didn't ask the title. <laughs>
2: yeah, they don't. Okay, <laughs>
1: it was it was over. <laughs> so uh, oh, you're a pastor. Oh, okay, never mind.
2: <laughs> there's a younger guy in our church who listens, and uh, recently he was going to recommend it to someone else. He said, "All right, I have someone I'm really trying to pitch the podcast to. So y'all don't say anything weird this week." <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, dear listener, oh, I'm afraid. Yeah. That we'll, we yes. probably won't be able to that's fulfill right. that request.
2: Hey, well, since <laughs> you, since you uh, tried to go there and talk about diving in, we're not really diving into anything. It's it's more like that song that Sinatra sang, "Come Fly with Me." It's more uh, of a fl- yeah. more of a fly away than a diving in today. That's good.
0: All right, so based off that, I presume we're talking about the birds. This this episode uh, is for the birds. That's right, <laughs> or at
1: least a few of them. Hey, by the way, did y'all ever he- see that Hitchcock film, The Birds?
0: Yes. Oh, I love that movie, dude. That's,
1: Absolutely. That scared me as a child. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but today we're going to be in Genesis chapter number eight, and we're going to go verse six to I believe nineteen. Nineteen. That's a long one. So Nathan, why don't you read it?
2: I was just about, I was just about to volunteer you. How kind of you. Um. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I will read it. Um. Since I'm not Segway guy, I guess I'll be read the Bible, read the long passages guy. Um, All right, uh, listeners, uh, we're reading uh, Genesis 8, 6 through 19. And as always, we are reading from the ESV. At the end of 40 days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made and sent forth a raven. And it went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set her foot, and she returned to him to the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand, and took her, and brought her into the ark with him. And he waited another seven days, and again he set, sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening, and behold, in her mouth was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So no one knew that the waters had subsided from the earth." And then he waited another seven days and sent forth the dove, and she did not return to him any more. In the six hundred and first year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried off the earth, were dried from off the earth, excuse me. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. In the second month, on the twenty seventh day of the month, the earth had dried out. Then God said to Noah, Go out from the ark, you and your wife, and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing that is with you of all flesh, birds and animals, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may swarm on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out, and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every bird, everything that moves on the earth went out by families from the ark." All Excellent. Right. Thank you. Don't mind me. I'm just over here catching my breath.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to talk about the birds and there's a few things that we're going to hash out there. I do want
2: to. Did you say make... hash out or hatch out?
1: <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Oh, I thought uh, you were,
2: I, I really I could, couldn't tell. I really thought. You were no, to make it I fine. said hash, but that, that's far
1: more clever. It's but,
2: sad when you're like so in that preachery pun mode that you hear puns when people are not making them. Like It's, yeah. the, it's the sign of a, of a depraved, warped mind.
1: <laughs> um, oh my. Uh, one of the things that we didn't talk about this in previous weeks, and I feel like we should have, is the number 40. We talked about seven as it echoes back to creation week, but we didn't talk about the number 40. And one of the things that Nathan taught us in previous podcast, as we were working through this is that the reminder that this story, while it occurred well before the time of Moses and Exodus, if we're holding to the tradition, at least it's reflect as reflected by Jewish tradition and early Christian tradition that Moses is the one who's writing this stuff down and actually telling this story the question would be what would the number 40 mean to israelites especially israelites that have lived through the exodus
2: and and especially Moses <laughs> yes, it's, it's, that, it's, that's right. His, his life is, life divided, is yeah, divided, divided into by 40 40-year segments.
1: Yeah. So, but, but Gandalf, I know you're familiar with the Exodus story because I know you've read it and you've seen the Prince of Egypt. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much all.
2: Great and the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston. Yeah, of, co- Let of course. Let my people go. Yes. But what does the
1: number 40, how does it mean? How does it stand out in the Exodus story? Gandalf, do you remember? I'm, I'm putting thinking, you on the spot.
0: I'm thinking of when they tried to enter the Promised Land and they were too scared.
1: Ah, uh, yes. So they had so to they had to wander around. They had to wander around. Why God's anger against them was satisfied because His anger was stirred up because of their unbelief. In fact, after they were told they couldn't go in, they attempted to that type of thing. So I, I the number forty. If they're sitting here reading this story, there's okay. 40 days, 40 nights was a symbol of God's wrath of here that God's wrath upon the earth. Now, I know we've been emphasizing God's kindness in the flood, and that's true, but the rains did come and the floods did come too. And it was devastating. And I think it took it took all their breath away. and certainly would take our breath away if we saw such a sight. So it's, it's just interesting. That's one of the details I wanted to throw in before we get started on the birds here. I know we talked about seven, but I wanted to throw the number 40 out there.
2: Yeah, by the way, you mentioned uh, the 40 years till God satisfied his wrath. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting. There may be another instance in the Bible, but I cannot think of one. I think that's the only thing when Israel refuses to go into the promised land in Numbers 14. Um, that's reflected on in Psalm 95. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's the only instance in the entire Bible about God making a promise in his wrath. Um, really, it, that's interesting. I, I I could be wrong, but I think that's true. Uh, and so, when it's being reflected on in the psalm, oh, when he it says, "I make a, prom-
1: a, a yeah, promise," yeah, says
2: today, my wrath, today they shall not enter. Yeah. They shall not enter my rest because it's it's quoted in Hebrews, right? Mm. Um, uh, so it says, "Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah." Uh, as on the day at Massah in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work for 40 years, I loathed that generation and said, They are people who go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. Therefore, I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. I think Psalm 95, I could be wrong. I think that uh, Psalm 95 and the quotation of Psalm 95 in Hebrews are the only time we have that phrasing in the entire Bible.
1: So there's a couple of things that amaze me about that. First of all, is It that doesn't this, say it in
2: the flood. <laughs> yes, it does. It's,
1: yes. But also uh, one of the detail that they shall not enter my rest. Remember, the ark is going to rest on Mount Ararat, that after the 40, they did enter the rest. So there is a theme there. I think that's really yeah,
2: and, cool. and, and And that uh, that route is at rest. And that's the root uh, uh, for the word rest in Psalm ninety-five eleven. That's right. And Noah's name.
1: And Noah's name, correct. So what amazes me about that is that it's arguable that there was more grace and patience for the golden calf incident, which was essentially a drunken, idolatrous orgy, than there was for unbelief. And that is not to say that those other sins are A-OK, because obviously Israel was disciplined for those things. But I think that just raises the seriousness of unbelief. And that is going to be a theme that definitely the, the, carries yeah, throughout the, the scripture.
2: The, the severity of sober unbelief. Mm. Oh gosh. Oh man,
1: that the write that, that needs, down. Write that down. That, the, oh, I, actually, I am writing that down that, right it, now. The them. severity that just made my quote book of
0: sober unbelief. T-shirt's coming soon, listeners. <laughs> you 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 heard it here, folks. I knew him. I knew him when. Before we move on to birds, not to belabor the point of the number 40, but is this so is the 40 days in the wilderness that Jesus did? Is that some kind of reference? Ding, ding, ding. Yes, Uh, absolutely. Yeah.
2: So again, uh, Israel, God takes Israel out of Egypt and as soon as they get in the wilderness, they complain about food. Uh, It's the most recurring complaint against God in the wilderness is what they will eat and what they will drink, even during the 40 year sojourn. And God sends them birds. How about that? Yeah. (laughs) Contrast that with Jesus, um, who in his temptation willingly fast for 40 days and 40 nights. uh, And then when he is told turn these stones into bread by the devil. He says, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God. By the way, he's quoting Deuteronomy where no, where Moses is reminding Israel of their failure and their sin. So I, yeah, that's a good catch.
1: Dude, um, another good catch is that after Jesus' Jesus's temptation in the wilderness for 40 days follows the baptism of Jesus, of which the spirit descends like a dove. That's right. and, we're, and So we've Got and the he's, dove
2: in the water, and and part oh, of man. his temptation is, uh, involves going up on a high place, man. Uh, and, and, and in Matthew, right after that, he teaches for the first time, and son of a gun, he's up on a mountain, interacting man. with the Ten Commandments, no less. Uh, hmm. It's like God knows the Old Testament.
0: Yeah what what do you what do you call a positive conspiracy? Because that's what this sounds like. It's like this is like a conspiracy, but it's all it's good.
1: So there's far too much coincidence in the story of the Bible uh, for us to just simply say that it was not organized to emphasize. Oh, I like that. Let me get out my quote book. (laughs) Write that down. (laughs) (laughs) So it's obviously organized to emphasize. But then if you stack on that, the fact that, oh, my gosh, it really happened. It really happened this way. And if it is so organized, what does it suggest? But there really is a God behind history.
0: Well, I'm glad that like Noah got success with after like having to use two birds. Could you imagine if the waters had not receded, he just kept sending like <laughs> more birds out? We could have lost the bald yeah. eagle. We could yeah, have he, lost the tu- like, the turkey. <laughs> man, who knows? So did, I'm going ne- to say they, because they it they never, never says do... the
2: other raven
1: comes back. The raven yeah, was say, back. He, he,
2: was, he was a lot more patient with that dove mm-hmm. than that raven, right?
1: Um, and there was and ne- the ra- dove is a clean animal. And the raven is unclean, so either—I guess Noah knew that uh, Mama Dove was already expecting and Daddy Dove could be disposed of, I guess.
2: I don't know. Isn't this—is this kind of the biblical— or no, 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 equi- not
1: Mama Dove, Mama Raven.
2: Is this the biblical equivalent of how, like, the turkey almost became the national bird of the U.S.? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Nathan, you pointed something out beforehand that I, I thought was really helpful. Is the wh- why a raven and what does a raven indicate in other parts of the scripture?
2: Oh, and again, that that was not original to me. Um, well, that's, but it was it, it was still very helpful. Yeah. So you, you and you you captured part of it, right? As you you said that uh, the raven is an unclean animal and the dove is a clean mm-hmm. animal what's what's the distinguishing factor one of the things that made certain birds unclean are all the birds that fed on oh carrion yeah carrion death yeah and and uh Mm. raven's more of a scavenger the dove is not noticeably the the dove comes back uh with an olive leaf and later on olive branches will symbolize israel so we could unpack that over 10 minutes if we wanted to but we won't today Mm. um yeah but i i think that one is one is almost, and I'm, I'm not trying to get too symbolic with this, one is uh, almost capturing the re, the lingering reality of death as they wait for the waters to subside, and one is kind of capturing the prospect of new life.
1: Uh, In fact, and, this was from Kenneth Matthews, his commentary on Genesis, Isaiah 34, 11, he talks about that the raven signifies the the. Desolation and emptiness from Genesis 1-2. But Isaiah 34-11 says this, But the hawk and the porcupine shall possess it. The owl and the raven shall dwell in it. He shall stretch the line of confusion over it and the plumb line of emptiness. So it's talking about the desolation of Edom there, that describing its completely decreated state, that it had been wiped from the map, essentially, that he's
2: using a raven to say, well, there were ravens there. Me- meanwhile, the dove is often associated with something very different, right? In the New Testament, we think of right. the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, yeah. And, and man, church fathers were all over that connection. They're like, oh, this is where this sermon is going. Um, right. Uh, so, yeah, they, they, they jump from the dove spirit to Holy The hovering spirit really. over the face of the water. Uh, but, Matt, I, I, lo- I love what you said from Matthews. Um, mm-hmm again, in Genesis, you have a summary statement. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then you start, you start with a desolation, right? Mm. Uh, Dark. Now the earth was formless and void. Darkness was upon the face of the watery depths. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And then God speaks into that, let there be light. This story opens with Noah opening a window. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, you've had a flood. Uh, when, when you had the waters discussed in creation, the corresponding aspect, both on day two, sky and sea, and day five, birds and fish, the corresponding aspect for water and fish was birds and sky. So, how interesting that to test the subsiding of the waters, you send out birds. Um, And how interesting that at first when the waters are not subsided, you're sending out a bird uh, that's a carry on bird associated with uh, desolation, confusion and destruction. And then as the waters are subsiding and, you know, he he waits one creation week uh, each time before sending it out again, he's sending out the dove. Hmm. I I do think that's interesting. And again, I don't want to overread that, but I certainly
0: don't want to underread it either. Um, And we kind of talked about this in the last episode. But it, it is pretty curious. It talks about like Noah having to do all this stuff manually, so to speak. Like he makes a window up. It's still watery. Better send out the birds because God doesn't even talk to this guy until all the way in verse 15. Like he has to go through this whole ordeal. That's a good catch. Like, by, and by, know,
1: by himself. There is something about the scripture that we always yeah. God's, not in, the
2: God's not in the background saying, release the doves. <laughs> this reminds yeah. me that oh, this is such a sad, but horrific, horrific, but also slightly comical. Um, yeah, have you all seen it? It's like a viral Internet video where it's I can't remember if it's a wedding or it's a funeral. I think it's a and funeral. Some, it's a funeral. And the guy releases the doves. Right. Yeah. And, and then the one of them gets hit by a it. Mack truck. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's like when Randy Johnson hit that uh, bird with that fastball back in the day. It was nuts. I have yeah. seen that as
0: well. But these doves yeah. fared these these doves fared much better. And Nathan, it's like it's like you said, like God's not in the background, like Obi Wan Kenobi, Force Ghost, <laughs> telling him that everything is, <laughs> is going to be okay. I think that's what we
1: think about people in the Bible. We think that you know, for instance, well, you know, God spoke to Abraham; He's not speaking to me. Well, uh, you know, He did speak to these biblical characters, but it wasn't like they have like a a radio connection, like walkie talkie, uh, you know text conversation connect with God at any time like God told Noah to build a boat and get on and now it there's no indication that God spoke to Noah while he was on the boat
2: and so again, I mean, from I, Noah's I,
0: perspective
2: I, I was making but, a similar point and, and I think we've talked about this on the podcast but it bears reiterating um, in some of the extra biblical text God speaks, you know, when he's warning about the flood, he speaks only to Noah. In the Bible, in Genesis 6 3, God seems to make an open statement, and Noah's the only one who responds. Hmm. Does that make sense? And and so again, that doesn't mean <laughs> that doesn't mean Noah knows every detail of every bit, but he is faithful to respond to the revelation he receives. Uh, I would say from the other destruction
1: narratives. Uh, there seems to be an indication that there is some form of warning that goes out to the people before they're about to destroy it. I think about Lot pleading with his sons-in-laws. I think about Jonah pleading or not pleading with the Ninevites. Oh yeah, and, and, th- and the Bible that
2: and the Bible. That's the I'm talking about some of the extra biblical accounts, right? So uh, for the flood, it's only tonight. so I think. Yeah, I, I, think th- I think that
1: that's prob this, what you're just saying is matched in other parts of the Bible. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the, so theme, from the theme is consistent I do the read the
0: memos. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, that just goes to give props to Noah, because from his perspective, the only communication he's gotten, he's, he got from God, hey, I'm, I'm flooding this thing. It's going mm-hmm. down. Yeah. The and the next again- time he hears from him is, all right, get in like after years of building and then he doesn't hear
2: anything until get off he, he's not told yep. what the duration will be um, how, how can you possibly psychologically prepare for the devastation that you will witness right mm-hmm. um, so he's, he's told it's coming get in get off that's not a whole lot <laughs> um, so I have
1: had a train come by I've had sirens come by and now there is thunder crashing overhead
0: <laughs> oh I hear it Guys, this is not good. Mm-hmm. This <laughs> for what we're talking about. <laughs> Look to the eastern sky, Matt. Yeah, that's right. Better start building. Do y'all yeah. keep any birds in the office? You may want to send one out. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um, All right. Well, we'll just keep going. We'll we'll endure it. If if Noah can build an ark for for decades and decades, then we you know we can finish this yeah, podcast. But sure. I, d- right. I do love that you know this is a point that y'all you know speaking of the limited
2: revelation that noah received and the maximum response that he offered i do love you captured this in a previous episode i think it was matt you know while noah is the only one responding he looks like the multi-generational village idiot (laughs) Mm -hmm. right there's the crazy guy who keeps building that boat Uh, he was doing it when your daddy was born and when your daddy's daddy was born um and then here we are right um so again I- and we, we've talked about this it it is neat that the, again in creation you go from void darkness and desolation uh to light to sky sea to dry land how neat on the other side of the flood a window is opened birds are sent out to check the abasement of the waters and then finally when the dove does not come back at the end, what happens? All right, it's time for you guys to get off and multiply dot, dot, dot on the earth.
0: Hmm. Right, um, Well, and, it, it, it and, goes kind of back to what you're talking about, how this is kind of a mirror of the creation story because we see again in verse 17, it talks about this list we've seen so often, birds, animals, every creeping thing, all, um, be fruitful, multiply on the earth. That's like an exact reference to creation.
2: Yeah. And I also, the point does bear to be made, um, because this will be important moving forth in scripture. Even when rampant sin was upon the earth, even when there was destruction and judgment and punishment for sin, there was not ultimately a rejection of the earth that God had made. There was in a sense, a redemption of it. Um, and looking forward in the Bible, you you ultimately have the new the language of redemption, renewal, and recreation right um and so because I don't, I don't in the New Testament
1: that. they will certainly see the final judgment as they will use the flood or certainly Peter does as as evidence of like look this is in some way how God is going to ultimately judge the world just with fire yeah but but the waters were not sent to consume and destroy and wipe away but rather to
2: to purge and renew to give the world a bath man right
0: Um, it's kind of like when your computer is acting up beyond the point where you can do anything and sometimes you just gotta hold down the power button
2: until uh, it just violently
0: resets I thought you were
2: gonna say you you threw it in the shower I was like um
0: please don't do that that would be a
2: that would be a user error Uh, speaking of birds how are we landing this plane today
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, one other thing that we do need to touch on—we talked about it in our pre-conversation—is that every beast, every creeping thing, every bird m- went out by families. It's it's it's, oh, in- yeah. it's interesting that, that, that So first of all, it tells us something of what went on on the ark, uh, some multiplication, and but that but that also, it's that whole be fruitful and multiply motif that you're seeing. Uh, actually played out. It's not just the command. It's actually being lived out.
0: Mm. It, it reminds me of, um, I may have talked about this on the podcast already, but it reminds me of like, there's like a children's Bible illustration uh, book that I have. And when it has all the animals going on two by two and then coming off, there's like two male lions yes. coming off. And it's like, mm, that. The, uh... <laughs> I don't you someone didn't pay attention in uh, animal science. <laughs> well, it, in school. It, it
2: reminds me more of that Oscar Wilde quote uh, about close quarters. Familiarity breeds contempt dot 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 and children. Um, you <laughs> yes. may want to cut that. You may want to cut that.
0: Well, just like the Raven in Edgar Allan Poe's works. uh, The podcast shall go on nevermore. So thank you for joining us. There it is. Way to bring it, yeah. (laughs) Thank you for joining us this week. And again, reminder, if you want to be of the number who are always getting updates to the podcast, and not just that, but helping us spread it, please like, please subscribe, and we will see you again here next week, where hopefully it is not raining. Bye. Mm.
1: Later. Shalom. You know, It's a great point that we should have made on the podcast at some point in this whole deal that at the end of this story, at the end of this narrative, the most important thing is whether or not you were on that arc. That's all that mattered.
0: Oh, we can hit that next time, I think.
1: Yeah. Just did you all ever see that uh, Denzel Washington interview where he's been interviewed and he's sharing about his faith? Oh, my God. It's awesome.